0: Uh, thanks, Michael, and you guys for leading us in worship this morning. Did I get it? Yeah. Um, thanks, you guys for leading us in worship this morning. I wanted to um, I wanted to start off by saying, um, you know, this is a uh, this is kind of a fun part of the year, isn't it? The leaves are changing and stuff, and you get the pretty cooler weather. And and uh, man, I imagine you know, Tiffany and. And Rebecca are glad for the cooler weather. Weather is that right? As uh, it gets a little hot over the summertime. But um, but for all of us, it's just a nice to have a change. But one of the other greatest parts, um, we're kind of in our family. We we're kind of movie fans. You know, we we like to see. We like good movies. We like to see, we like the power of story and the things they communicate. And, Matter of fact, we've just gone the last couple of weeks. There were two out that we were excited to see, and both of them kind of have some rough parts, so don't judge me, but um, uh, some, some really good stuff. We went and saw Captain Phillips uh, Friday. That's a pretty good show, really great show about um, story of, of the courage and selflessness of, a, uh, of the captain of a merchant ship that protected his crew from, uh, from pirates, really great show. Um, also went to see the, the movie Gravity. Has anyone seen that? Gravity Sandra Bullock and the, what's his name? Um, George what? Clooney, George Clooney. Great story. It's, it's a space movie, but it's not really a space movie, if you know what I'm saying. So, r- really a lot of uh, really great symbolism in that show too about a woman, uh, Sandra Bullock's character, who's trying to figure out how to live. So, anyway, um, really some great stuff. So, and some great stuff coming up. Who's excited about the second Hobbit movie coming out? Huh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, me too. I love that stuff. Great stuff. Uh, you know, and one of the things that I find that that I think it's funny about us as people is that we are all natural-born evangelists. You know what I'm saying? So, so this time of year, you know, there are great movies out, and we are all going to go and we're going to see some of these movies that we're so excited about, or there will be a new release from uh, from, from, some, from one of our favorite bands, and we can't wait to tell people about it, you know? There are such great movies. There are such great stories. They're so moving that we can't wait to tell people about it. And, but one of the things I notice about me, and perhaps you've noticed about you, But when it comes down to sharing and telling someone about what the great things that the Lord Jesus has done in my life, it gets a little harder, right? Why are we like that? What is it about us that, that that somehow to talk about Jesus Christ and and maybe it's partly our culture. You know, our culture has done a lot to try to try to segregate and 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 scour away any religious belief from 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 um, from common life and just make it well. That's just personal. You're just supposed to keep that very personal and keep that to yourself. But don't come to the workplace with that. Don't come to school with that and all that stuff. And we've had a a, a real major affront, really. Um, to Christianity here in our nation, which is kind of surprising because we've only been in existence for a couple of hundred years. Uh, but uh, there's 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 a real bad affront on, uh, on the part of of uh, non Christians to to try to to separate out the things that are Christian and the things that are not. Some things that, that you and I don't aren't even aware of that we don't know. So so for example, I'd always heard of Jackie Robinson growing up. You, you ever heard of Jackie Robinson? Anyone? Yeah, first uh, first black player in the in Major League ba- Baseball. Bible-thumping believer, absolute, solid believer. Um, the gentleman who, who um, got rid of, who, had, who fought for years, decades really, to have slavery abolished um, throughout the British Empire was, what's his name? William Wilberforce, again, solid believer, no question. No one's writing any books questioning about whether or not he was a believer. The founders, obviously, of the United States, there's so many of them very solid believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, and yet there's a lot to, to put down and take away and to say, oh, well, let's write their history, but let's not talk about their Christianity. Um, kind of sad. I don't know where I'm going with all that. I'm sorry, that just kind of bugs me all the time. That's probably where that comes from. I'm sorry. But, but the fact is you can't read about a guy's life and, and read about his whole life you know what I'm saying? In school in particular. You can't read about his whole life and about wh- who, what kind of man he was and the reason he was the man that he was. You know what I'm saying? The reason William Wilberforce wanted to see slavery's, slaves freed is because he saw how they were treated and they were treat, being treated inhumanely. And he said, Jesus Christ wouldn't have it this way. And so he fought and he personally sacrificed um, to have slaves set, set free in the British Empire, which had an effect on the United States and all the world really at that point, didn't it, put a lot of pressure on all the rest of the world to abolish slavery. Um, pretty incredible stuff. So um, anyway, as we, uh, that's not really what I'm talking about here today, and I apologize. I'm not sure why I'm talking about it now. But what I really want to talk about is this, is that you and I have been called to testify about the great things that the Lord Jesus Christ is doing in us. Amen. We've been called to it. You know, we've been in Sunday school, we've been reading through the book of Acts and the things that we keep coming back to over and over again, you know, these guys were going from especially in Jerusalem, there was some incredible persecution against them, and yet they continued. They were, they were hungry and they were facing, uh, you know, they were being uh, uh, um, split away from their families because they had left Judaism and they were following this new sect called Christianity. And as they did, they lost their friends and they lost their families, but they pursued and they continued to talk and to follow and to preach and to teach and to tell about the great things that the Lord Jesus Christ had done and giving up his life and fulfilling all of the Old Testament um, in the sacrificial system and everything else and yet they followed him and then you get the you get Peter coming and and Peter comes on scene and he's 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 facing persecution everywhere he goes against the Jewish leaders and then Paul comes along and he's facing persecution from the Jews and from the from the Roman government and from Uh, Even businessmen, there were people all over the place persecuting them and trying to shut them up and to shut them down, but they persevered and they told their story anyway because over and over and over and again they say, we're supposed to testify about the great things that the Lord Jesus Christ has done. And it is that calling and that purpose on their lives that gives them boldness to carry the message of Jesus Christ even in the most difficult of circumstances, would you read with me? One of the reasons I think that they believe this is that, I don't know, Jesus had told them to. So in, Jesus, in, in John chapter 15, that's where a lot of this discussion about discipleship has happened in, in these chapters from, uh, from 13 to, to 18 um, in, the, in the Gospel of John, um, chapters 13 through 18. But right in the, at the very end of John chapter 15... Jesus is talking about the coming Holy Spirit. And listen to what he says. He calls him the advocate here. When the advocate or counselor, when the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, what does he do? He will testify about me. And then he says, and you, you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. So Jesus is calling on his 12 and actually the 11 because the, 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 the 12th is, uh, has taken off or is about to take off here. Um, and, uh, and he, he tells them, you have been with me. You have to testify about me. I, as a matter of fact, Jesus might even say that I've left you here. You're, you're going to be here and remain here that you may tell the story of being with me, of seeing me, of how I acted, what I did, and the revelation that you have from me because he is God, and he was God's sacrifice for all of our sins. Amen? But listen to his plan. It's very simple. It's very simple. In, the verse of verse, in, in verse 27, you must also testify for you have been with me from the beginning. I love it. It's two-part strategy, Jesus says here, right? Be with me and then go tell people about it right? Pretty, pretty simple, isn't it? You, you be with me, and then you go tell people about it. It all starts, we've been talking about discipleship. Discipleship starts with a relationship with, Je- of Je- with Jesus Christ. It starts with coming to know him, but then it also, it, it, it doesn't stop there. It continues on in being with him daily, in, in, in praying to him daily, in being in his words every day that we come to know the Lord Jesus Christ better and better. And the even better part than that, even almost as good as knowing him, is that through those daily practices, the Lord Jesus Christ is changing our lives. Amen? He, he's, he's changing our lives. He's, he's getting rid of the things in our lives that, that, are, that, are, that are sinful patterns. He's doing away with things in our lives that are interruptive of our, of our relationships. He's, he's, he's pointing out in the Scriptures things in our heart about jealousy and anger and greed and lust. And he's saying, give those over to me. Hand those over to me. You're, I've called you to something better than this. You continue to grow. You continue to mature. You continue to grow in me. And so here's the great story of salvation. Listen, when I was, when I was very young, not when I, when, I, when I was too terribly young, when I, was, when I was a teenager, I thought that the effectiveness, and let me, let me try this again. Let me back up. Let me slow down a little bit. I thought that Jesus Christ came to save me from my sins, which is true. But He's also come to give me a new life. He's redeeming all of me. He's not just forgiving my sins, He's he's helping me to be a better man. He's helping me to be a better father. He's helping me to be a better husband. And I'm not perfect in any of those areas, I'm not perfect in in any of them. And my wife's kind of been giving me a hard time this morning. But I, I, I'm not perfect in any one of these areas. But thank God I'm growing in them because the Lord Jesus Christ is saving every area and aspect of my life. He's renewing my whole life. And he's doing it for you too, amen? And depending on how, how, you know, there are times in our lives that we're following the Lord really well, and there are times in our lives that we kind of fall off and we fall behind and we don't follow him very well. There are times in our lives where things are, maybe sometimes things are going very well, but we're not growing very much. And then there are times that we go through hardship and our growth accelerates, like, asymptotically, right? That means really fast. Our growth accelerates really fast, right? Uh, Accelerates really fast when we're going through very personal, very difficult struggles. And the Lord uses those struggles in our lives to call us along, to call us further, right? Um, So, so, yeah, so just incredible stuff. But all of this stuff, all the things that the Lord Jesus Christ is doing, he's saying, you've been with me. I've shown you how to love your husband or your wife well. I've changed. I've given you courage to be the man at work that you're supposed to be. I've given you courage to face the 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 difficulties and the hardships that you've had. I've given you peace and I've given you shelter for all those areas. Now that you've been with me, go tell someone else what you found. Um, There's a uh, evangelist, a Sri Lankan evangelist whose name is D. T. Niles. He said that that evangelism is like telling one beggar is like one beggar telling another beggar where he can find bread. I love that. Isn't it simple? Isn't it very, very simple about what we're trying to do here, about what we're trying to do as as disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, is not just to receive his leadership and his discipleship, but also just as much as we've received it, to pass it on and to pour it out into the lives of the people around us, to receive his leadership and and to receive from him the things that he's done for us, and then to go tell someone else, you're having problems in your marriage? Let me tell you about the problems in my marriage and, what, and the hope I found in the Lord Jesus Christ. You're having trouble leading your family. Let me tell you what, what Jesus Christ has taught me about the Scripture, about what it means to be a servant leader to your family you're having a hard time, uh, you know, with your finances, let me tell you these things that I've learned from the scriptures about what the Bible has to say about how you're supposed to honor God with your finances first and how we're supposed to be responsible and have integrity for the way that we're handling our finances. Or even more than that, you're having trouble with your finances, let me tell you about a time that we were struggling. The Lord provided for us somehow through it all. Yeah? All right, let's continue. I want to, so um, let me tell you just real quickly. Generally, when children come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, it is almost always because they've grown up in a house of, with believers. You with me? When children come to faith. When adults come to faith, it's generally not because of their parents, right? When adults come to faith, it's generally because they've had a friend who's a believer who gets involved in their lives, who cares enough to step alongside and to befriend a non-believer. Did anybody gasp there? Everybody okay? Are you all right? All right. Okay. Someone who's a believer made friends with someone who was not a believer. You with me here? This is hard for us, isn't it? I, I may, I'm trying to stop here and make a point here to you. It's very difficult because often, and actually, we were talking to some of our our other leadership was we were meeting yesterday, kind of talking about this. It's very hard for us to um, it's very hard for us to get beyond our Christian subculture, right? I mean, we have church and we have church groups and we have family and we have friends and mostly they're all believers, right? And we have this subculture. Matter of fact, you could go eat lunch, not today, but tomorrow you could go eat lunch at one of our own fast food restaurants, right? Which is great. I think that's fantastic. But the thing is, is that if all of Christendom is hermetically sealed, there are no more new believers, The plan is, all along, and has been all along, you and I go to be with Jesus. And then as we go out among the world, as we go out amongst people, we're not supposed to be of the world, but we're supposed to remain in the world. And as we remain in the world, we're going to rub elbows with people who are not believers. And we're supposed to be involved in their lives so that by the grace of God, some others might come to to saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So that someone else could say, well, you know what? I've got problems in my marriage, but I found hope. In the Lord Jesus Christ, because a friend of mine told me about how he struggled in his marriage and how he found hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, about how I was having trouble with my children, and I talked to another believer, and they told me about how what confidence they had to pray to the Lord earnestly for their children, and how one day their children turned it all around because of the grace of the of, of the Lord in their lives. Yeah, how about that? Every one of us faced. Stru- 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 I say struggles because I mix troubles and struggles all the time. We, we say struggles in our home. It's just become part of what we do here. I coined that phrase, by the way. I want credit. When it's in Merriam-Webster, I wanted to say, David Crump messed up and said that word once. Okay. So, but, but usually for an adult to come to Christ, it's because another believer cared enough to step outside of their comfort zone to come alongside them and say, I see truth trouble. I see the problem. I'm just going to say problem. Maybe that'll work. I see the problems that you're having. I want to tell you I've had the same problem, and I want to tell you how I found the Lord Jesus Christ faithful and gracious to me in this area, and he'll be faithful and, ge- and gracious to you as well. Amen? Amen? All right, so let's continue. Here's some things that I want you to... Um, Here's some things that, that I want you to remember um, as, we, as we talk about this. At the end of this, I'm going to give us a little bit of time for us to kind of share a little tiny, tiny, short bit of testimony with each other, and I'll warm you up for it. It's just to warm you up now. It's, it's going to be okay. All right, so anyone who's got, what is it, glossophobia? Fear? I've just learned that from that commercial with that little kid. You've seen that, right, where he's watching the video? Okay, anyway, fear of speaking in public. All right, so um, um, we're going to have a little time to share here at the end. But before we talk about sharing our faith. Before we get to that, it is so important for me to say this. So um, we need lighter fluid and a lighter up here. I want to set my hair on fire because I want you to get this. It is so much more important for you to watch your actions than what you say. You know what I'm saying? So if I go to someone and I'm trying to tell them about the love of Jesus Christ, but they can't see it in me, it's meaningless, right? Right? If, if, I, if I go and tell someone about, yeah, the Lord Jesus Christ, he really cares about this thing you're going through. But if they don't see that I care, they're going to say, what, this God that you worship? Uh, apparently not. Apparently he doesn't care. Your actions, we all know this, what, your actions speak louder than words. It, it is very true. So before we kind of get into the words, I want to talk about the actions. And, and I'll tell you, I read this list. It was convicting to me. I hope as you read this list that the Holy Spirit would speak to you about things in your lives as well because, you know, people are watching you. If you espouse and you say that you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ at school, people are watching you. If you espouse and you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ at your work and people know about it, you know, they Facebook with you, they see the things that you post or whatever. If, if they know it, they are looking at you. You know how I know this? Because you look at each other, you look at other people who are believers in the workplace, and you make judgments too about them, don't you? You, you say things like, well, they don't really act like it. Well, well they are bad mouthing people, right? You know, listen, if we're doing that to each other, you know a non-believing world is doing that as well. Amen? It, it, it's true. Okay, so let's go through this Let's uh, let's talk about these things. So so let's talk about this. What you do is more important than what you say. So the very first thing. So let me make some. uh, Let me uh, let me offer some things to you. The first is if you want to be a witness at work, and I pray you do, because people need to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That salvation of your whole life can be found in the Lord Jesus Christ, that he offers forgiveness. He offers uh, a removal of guilt from us, amen, Uh, because of the sacrifice that Jesus Christ made, and and that we have real hope for change in our lives and people who are stuck in addictions or jealousies or lust or greed or whatever. There's real hope for them because there's real hope for you and me, amen, amen. So, So the first thing I would suggest is when you're at your work, when you're here at the church, whatever, drop your mask. Let me tell you what I'm talking about there. What I'm saying there is that There is none of us who needs to act like we've got it all together. All right, so let me just give you a quick example. Everybody look around the room. Look around. If you've got it all together, please raise your hand. Everybody feel better? All right, there was no one, right? If there was, I mean, we'd just take them out right now. We'd just just go. You don't need to be here, apparently. All right, for the rest of us, though, we can drop our masks because here's the deal. We as believers have to be relatable to people. And if we go around acting like we have it all together, and we never struggle with anything, and everything's always perfect, the people around us are going to say, "What fake Listen, people can point out a fake in an instant if you're going around and acting like everything's always okay that's you know you're never going to get there but but part of that is you've got to have a little bit of transparency with the people around you that they can know that you struggle with things that you know that that, that you struggle with things like loneliness, to to let you know that, that you've struggled with things like in your marriage, or you've struggled to be the man or the woman that God's called you to be to your, to your husband or your wife or to your children. You know, for us to be able to say that and speak to that, because the people around us have those real problems just like we do, and they need the hope of Jesus Christ just like we do. Amen? Amen? All right. So, drop your mask. The second thing, treat all people with respect. You know, in, the, um, in a non-Christian world, people don't treat all people with respect. You know, when Jesus said, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, that was, that's profound to this day for this reason. In a broken and sinful world, people treat their families well and the people that they think can do something for them. The poor, the lost, the lonely, no, n- n- you know, persona non grata. They, they don't mean anything to anyone. But if you really treat people with respect, if you, really treat somebody, if you really treat people like you and I have treated people, and this is what's changed really Western civilization has really changed us because of Christianity, we view even our enemies as worthy of respect. It's why the United States was part of rebuilding Germany and Japan after our world wars because we looked at those people and we say these people by nature of being people, by nature of being God's creation are worthy of respect love people. That, right, that, that's what it's all about, is our love for people. So, so get involved. You know, and, and man, this is so true, true right, of, of guys who are in school. There are people that are around you who, you guys who are in school, whether it be grade school, intermediate school, whatever right, all the way, all the way up to college, there are people all around you who sit alone and eat. It shouldn't be that way. As long as there are believers around, it should not be that way. Amen. There are people in your workplace too, folks, right, who eat all by themselves. Now, some of it's because they want to stay at their computer and they want to work and they want to get done and fine, whatever. But I'm talking about there shouldn't be lonely people as long as there's a believer around because they know they've got a friend. Amen? We have a friend. Um, God has befriended us. Okay, next, treat all people with respect. Next, number three, find ways to bless and serve others. Listen, look for ways that you can get involved in the life of another person. Look for ways that you can do something for them, serve them. You know, I I preach this to myself all the time, really, because I need to hear it. I am a servant. You know, last week I was talking about washing feet. I have to remind myself, I am called to be a foot washer. Jesus Christ set an example for me, and now I I am called to do anything for anyone that's within my ability to do. I am called to serve other people. Amen. No, no matter who they are, the greatest and the least, whoever they are, I'm called to be a servant. You know why? Because the guy I'm trying to follow, he was a servant. Amen. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to be more like him. God help me. Okay, number four. Escape, yeah, here we go again. Escape the Christian subculture. Listen, this is, so I passed out a little deal last week about eight ways to, to, to be missional. In other words, eight ways to reach out to people. One of the things that they suggested, I thought it was brilliant. Go to the same place for your coffee and meet the people there. Is that hard? Rub elbows with them. Learn their names. Be a regular when you go to places. Now, now what, I'm, what I'm suggesting to you is don't add 15 more things to do this week because it's not going to happen, is it? But when you go, as you go, engage in their lives. Get to know their names. Pretend like they matter. You know why? Because they matter. The checker at Walmart, he or she matters. The, the you know the guy at Tutan Totem or, or, or 7-Eleven when you're getting a Slurpee and you know you've got incredible, amazing, difficult uh, you know your day is jam packed and you step in there for a Slurpee and they can't count can the change. They matter. You know what I mean? Every one of them. Be a regular where you go where you, where you get your coffee, where you go for breakfast, where you go to a restaurant. Learn who they are. Get to know their names. Be a regular there. And when you do, just pray for an opportunity. Get to know your, you know, be with your coworkers. What else have we got up there? Number five there. Yeah, yeah. So escape the Christian subculture. Let me talk about one more thing there. Amongst your coworkers, get to know a handful of them. Now, who of you here are very introverted? Who of you here, when I talk about this kind of stuff, I, I'm I married one. I have some as children, right? Very introverted. Listen, let me tell you what that means. That means for you, this circle is going to be smaller, right? You're not going to be doing this with 40 people. You're going to be doing it with one or two. Listen, fine. Great. Listen, that's what God's called you to. And as a matter of fact, in a lot of ways, those introverts have much greater and much deeper relationships than those people who are extroverts. Great. That's fantastic. Even better. But don't be afraid to make friends with one or two people that you can intentionally, missionally, because Jesus Christ loved you, you love them. Amen? Amen. All right. Last thing is be a model of forgiveness. Listen, we live in a terribly unforgiving world, and it is incredibly peculiar, isn't it, for people to forgive, right? You go to work, and someone speaks badly about you. What do you do? Did somebody say something? What? (laughs) Do you say something bad back? Do you talk badly about them? People around you are watching. How are you responding? When, When someone in your family even says something bad about you, how do you respond? Listen, I, I pray for all of us that we would come to experience the, the, the forgiveness of the Lord Jesus Christ because when you understand the heap of things that he's forgiving, forgiven of you, you can forgive the one or two things that someone's done against you. Amen? This is a matter of you understanding how much you've been forgiven so that you can forgive someone else. You with me? All right? Christians should be a model of forgiveness against the people in your lives who continually run you down to be able to continue to say, you know what, I forgive them. I don't hold it against them. I don't know why they're upset with me. I don't know why they're bad talking to me, but I'm not going to hold it against them. You know why? Because Jesus Christ, when he was taken to the cross and he was crucified there, and when people were hurtling insults at him and spitting at him and were telling him all the things he'd done wrong, this again is the guy I'm trying to follow, right? And this guy that I'm trying to follow, when they crucify him, he says what? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Oh, if you and I could have that kind of example at work, it would change the culture at your job. It would change the culture of the company that you're working for. It would change the, the culture of the school that you're around, the people that you rub elbows with, if you and I would not would be able to forgive like Jesus forgave, forgave. give be an example, be a model of forgiveness. Um, so... Um, so why, why, are, why are we talking about this today? One is Peter, whenever he was writing in, in 1 Peter, in his first, first epistle, he wrote this, But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you the reason for the hope that you have. But do this in gentleness and respect. So Peter was talking about it, and he said, Always be prepared to give an answer for your hope. Always be ready. Always be prepared to give an answer. Um, I, you know, I love this. This is, this is, in this way, you know, there are people at your work that none of the leaders in our church will ever meet. There are people at your work there, where there are no leaders in any church are ever going to meet. There are people at your work that you alone can reach. There are people at your schools that you alone have the opportunity to reach. And perhaps no one else, but certainly probably not another leader. And I know I get to talking about sharing your faith, and and right the very first thing that comes up is someone thinks someone's having a struggle, and and oftentimes, and I'm I'm not saying this is bad; it's just kind of funny. Oftentimes, what they do is oh, call the pastor, right? Oh well, let me call someone who's wiser than I am. Let me call someone who's who knows the scriptures better than I do, or let me let me uh, let me call let me call someone who's who's holier than I am, and and maybe as a last resort, you know, we call the pastor because the pastor's maybe not any of those things, but. In the end, there are people in your lives that you alone can reach, yeah. And Peter says, "Be prepared to have an answer." Um, let's. Uh, let me do this. Let me have a little help. Can I have Pierce, Bob? Can you all help me hand out some stuff here? Aren't y'all excited? Don't I? I always get to pick on you. I know you. Y'all are Jonathan's giddy about this. Yep, Jonathan's gone, so it all falls to you guys, doesn't it? All right. Thank you guys. All right. So as those guys take this stuff out, I want to tell you, let me tell you just a little bit, I will to tell you just very quickly about my coming to faith. I was 15 years old, and we had a revival, and who, who's been to a revival service? Yeah, majority of us? Isn't that funny? So notice the folks who didn't raise their hands. some of our younger folks. People don't really do these anymore, do they? But I was in a revival service, and actually we had a week-long revival at the church that I was in, and someone just asked me, one of the guys who was there to lead our our youth was there, and he he just asked point blank, who of you have come to salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, the... The Lord had been working on me a little bit, but I had never publicly told anybody anything about me uh, about, the, about the Lord working on me, and so I, did, I didn't say anything. But I remember what I felt at that time. I remember for a long time I felt like if I was just good enough, that God was going to be good enough with me. You know what I'm saying? That if I was just a good enough guy, that everything was going to be fine with me. But I came to conviction to realize that my sin was just as bad as everyone else's. You with me? And and at that moment I felt this incredible guilt, this this incredible conviction that was just absolutely weighing down on me, right? And when I heard the truth of the gospel that my sin is just as bad as everyone else's. And and I felt this incredible burden of sin on me. And so I remember I had the opportunity to to pray with a a guy, and and he offered to to pray, and we we prayed together. And at that moment, the guilt of, of my the burden of my sin was lifted from my shoulders as I recognized that it had been placed on the Lord Jesus Christ and he bore my sins that day that he gave his life. And from that moment on, I've been a changed man. Amen. From that moment on, I've never, no longer carried the guilt and the shame that that I had, but I am a changed man today because of what the Lord Jesus Christ has done. But you know what? That's not the end of my story. Advance at about 10 years, and, and I was in a marriage where, where my wife and I were really sincerely struggling. As I think as bad as, a marriage, uh, as marriage trouble gets, we were very badly struggling in our marriage. And I remember over and over and over again, I kept coming to my wife and I'd, say, and I'd tell her, oh, I'll just try harder. But no matter how hard I tried, I couldn't ever be the man that, she, that I needed to be for her. But then something happened, something began to change as, as she and I started to undergo counseling together, and, and I, I really started reading in about what the what the what the Bible has to say about marriage. And some of the things it says about marriage is that one of the things that calls men to, it says, Men, love your wives as Jesus Christ loved the church. And I tell you, at that moment I was undone. Because all I could look at and all I could say was, I can't love her like that. I'm too selfish. I can't love her self-sacrificially because I'm, I'm too selfish. Every time that I do something kind for her, it's because I want her to do something kind for me. I can't love her sacrificially like Jesus did. So it, what changed my life was this. I started praying, Lord, put your love for her in my heart because my love is inadequate. My love won't ever get there. I will never be enough. I will never be able to love enough. And from that moment forward, the Lord God began to put in a love for my wife that he has uh, in his heart for her, and it's not perfect still, but it's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> It's awfully good. Matter of fact, you know, if we were to have a contest, I never mind, I'm not going to go there. You will remember that? I thought it was funny that day. I said, if we we're going to have a contest about who had the best marriage, I would win. Do you remember that? I was just kidding, but truly. Um, so, uh, no, I'm just kidding, mostly. So, so, but, but, but what I'm telling you is that you and I have, gone, have had problems and, and have had issues in our lives where the Lord Jesus Christ has proves, proven himself to be the great Savior. Amen? Yeah. Now listen, the longer you go with walking with the Lord Jesus Christ, and the farther you're willing to go with him, the more areas of his life, of your life, he's redeeming. Right. He, he's removing selfishness from your heart. He, he's rescuing your marriage. He's providing for you in ways, um, you know, financially or providing for you whenever you were struggling for food or whatever, that he's provided for you in ways that he's shown himself to be a great Savior over and over and over again. Amen? Is, is this true? Every, who, who here knows that Jesus Christ came to do more than save you from your sins? You know this? He came to give us new life, and He's redeeming every area of our lives. In fact, if you and I could understand the full effects of the, of the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, we would every day we would get up and we would hit our knees on the floor every morning, and we would praise Him and we would thank God for all that He's done and all that He continues to do in our lives. Amen. Amen. I wanted to give you this. I wanted to give you this handout because what I want you to do is I want you to think through your faith church story. I want you to think about how Jesus Christ and following him has changed your life. Amen. And continues to change your life because I want you to think about it because the more you think about it, the more your heart's going to be warm toward him. The more you're going to think about it, it's going to change your affections about all that he's done and you're going to be more excited about what Jesus Christ has done in the movie you saw on Friday. You with me? We tend to be kind of shallow, don't we? We we tend to be very forgetful about the things that Lord Jesus Christ has done. But what is it that he's done? Where has he shown himself to be your Savior over and over and over again? How in your life, how in what aspects of your life has he proven over and over to you to be your Savior? I want to ask you to to think through that. And and in the end, I think what we'll come up with here, I think what you'll have is that you're going to come and you're going to say things like, He saved me from my sins. He saved me from a hopeless marriage. He saved me from... From, from my anxiety. Well, there, here's my story. He saved me from being ang- so anxious of a father and so anxious of a, of a, of a provider that, that I, was, I was paralyzed in fear. And yet he gave me, gave me courage and gave me direction for my life to be a better dad and a better husband and a greater leader in my home. Yeah. What ways has he saved you? I'm going to, I've talked too much today. It's, it's hard to believe, isn't it? I know it's a good thing you're all sitting because otherwise you'd probably fall down. I intended to make a little time. Maybe we'll do this next week. I intended to get to, let's do this next week. Here, you've got homework this week. Hey, how about that? Congratulations. Some of you, it's been like 50 years since you've had homework, right? But uh, here, here you go. Here's some homework for you. Let, let you refresh your memory a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So, so here's, here's some homework for you. Here's what I want you to think about during the week. How has the Lord Jesus Christ been your Savior, and I guarantee you it's more than one area of your life. He has proven himself to be your Savior in more than one area of your life. He truly is the Redeemer. He truly is buying back areas of your life that were lost because of sin, and he continues to do that to this day. So next week, what I'd like to do is have some very short, like, three-minute testimonies from several of you who would be willing to share about what the Lord Jesus Christ has done. And it's so important to do this because it helps us remember what he's done. It makes us grateful all over again for his salvation. It warms our heart toward him, and it also helps us to prepare and remember, you know what? The Lord Jesus Christ saved my marriage, and he did it for a reason. I'll bet he brings into my path people who are struggling with my marriage so that I could tell them, the hope that I found in the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I'm going to run into someone who's struggling financially because the Lord Jesus Christ has helped me when I struggled. I'm, I'm going to run into someone who has, who's having problems with their, chil- their children because I've had problems with my children. He's shown himself to be my great redeemer. Amen? Amen. All right, we got one more order of business, and then we're going to go uh, have a picnic. Are, are you sitting there for some reason? Are you? All right, very good. Well, you look pretty back there. So... <laughs> Um, we got one more order of business. Um, the lovely uh, Amy and Lacey. Y'all come on up here. This is Amy and Lacey Kemper. They come to us. Uh, they're, uh, they're uh, well, foreigners, if you will. They come all the way from Colorado. So uh, anyway, but we're so glad to have them uh, from Springfield, right? That's Springfield, Colorado.